Well, good morning again. It is great to be with you this morning. I want to give you a couple of kind of programming notes, if you will. Um, I won't be preaching next Sunday. One of our elders, Larry Cochran, will be preaching next Sunday. I know you'll be looking forward to that, and we'll want to be here to listen to Larry next week. Also, I want to remind you that after Bible classes today, there's a potluck meal over in the gym. We'll continue to celebrate and honor our babies and their families with a meal together. So we'd like to invite all of you to to make your way over there and enjoy that meal. Even if you didn't bring any food today, that's okay. Uh, We have some people who are like compulsively bringing large amounts of food just for people who forgot or are visiting with us or whatever. We would love to have everybody stay and enjoy that meal and that celebration as we continue to honor these babies and their families. You know, this is always one of my favorite Sundays of the year. I love coming together to celebrate these babies. And I love being a part of a church where babies are actually present. I don't know about you, but I've been to some churches before where there are no little kids and something is obviously missing. I would hate to be a part of a congregation where everybody there is at least my age or even older than me. I don't want any part of that. I love being a part of a congregation where we have strollers parked next to walkers. I love being a part of a congregation where the only way that some of us can hear the crying babies is by turning up our hearing aids. I love that. I love that just a few weeks ago we celebrated the 15 members of our congregation who are 90 years old or older. And then this Sunday, we're celebrating the arrival of seven new babies in 2017. I want you to know that's the sign of a healthy church. That's what a family is supposed to look like. And we're blessed to be a part of that kind of church. A church where people who were born in the 1920s sit next to babies who were born almost a century later. We're blessed by the wisdom and experience of our older members, and we're blessed by the energy and excitement of our youngest members. God has been good to us. God has been good to Netherwood Park, and he continues to bless us. What do we do when we recognize that God is blessing us so richly? Well, we give thanks, don't we? We praise God for what he's done. We celebrate the gifts that he has given us. And that's what we're doing today. We're thanking God. We're praising God. And we're celebrating these new lives. And we're doing that together as a family. But in the midst of the celebration and the thanks and the praise, we also need to recognize that these gifts that God has given us come with a great responsibility. The gift of this new life in our congregation comes with a heavy burden. We need to ask ourselves, what are we going to do with this gift that we've been given? See, we as a church family have been entrusted by God to help raise up these little ones in the way they should go so that when they are older, they won't depart from the way. Something we're doing this year at Netherwood Park in conjunction with our theme is we're focusing on getting out of our boats and joining Jesus out on the water. We're encouraging each other to become water walkers instead of boat sitters. And as I think about these babies and I look into the future and the lives that are to come that they're going to to lead in the future, I desire the same thing for our kids that I desire for us. 
I want us to raise up kids who, when they are older, will boldly step out of the boat and they'll join the work of Jesus out on the water. So today I want us to consider a couple of different questions. A couple of questions that we as a church family need to be considering while we think about these children and their future. And the first question I want us to consider is this. What do we need to do now as a church family to prepare our kids to be water walkers when they are older? What do we as a church family need to do now to prepare these children to be water walkers when they are older? That's our first question. And our second question I want us to consider is this. What kind of boat encourages our kids to step out and follow Jesus on the water instead of abandoning ship? What kind of boat encourages our kids to step out and follow Jesus on the water instead of abandoning ship? Don't you feel that burden? I feel that burden. If you're paying any attention at all to what's going on in our churches and going on in our young people, you know that our biggest concern for our kids isn't that they're going to spend their lives complacently occupying a seat in the church boat. No, our biggest concern is that our children are going to jump out of the boat. Not jump out of the boat to join Jesus on the water, but to jump out of the boat and join the world. Abandon ship. And our responsibility as a church is to provide the kind of boat, the kind of homes, the kind of church family, the kind of environment, the kind of relationships which encourages our kids to confidently step out and join Jesus on the water instead of abandoning ship to join the chaos of the world. So those those are our two questions for the day. Number one, what do we need to do now to prepare our kids to be water walkers when they are older? And number two, what kind of boat encourages our kids to step out and follow Jesus instead of abandoning ship? And I want us to answer those questions by also answering a series of additional questions. And I want you to think of these questions as the questions that our kids are asking about this boat about their church boat and the people who are in that boat with them. Now, these are questions that our kids don't articulate. They're not, they're not actually asking these questions, but trust me, they are watching. They are listening. And they are gathering the answers to these questions. And we often don't recognize that they're answering these questions as we are raising our children up, but trust me, we are answering the questions. Our children are watching, our children are listening, and as they grow older, they will know all about what type of boat this church is in which they have been raised. And our answers to their questions about this boat will in many ways determine whether they're going to step out of the boat and walk on water with Jesus, or whether they're going to step out, abandon ship, and walk in step with the world. So here we go. Here's the first question that our kids are asking us. They're asking us, who's the captain of this boat? Who's running the show? Who's in charge? 
And if the answer to that question of who is the captain, who's in charge, who's running the show, if the answer to that question is anything other than Jesus, then we need to know there's a problem with our boat. And our children will learn who the captain of our boat is. They'll learn it by watching us. They'll learn it by listening to us. In some homes, the captain is mom or the captain is dad. In some homes, the captain is the child or maybe the children. In some homes, the captain is the TV. In many homes, the captain is money or its popularity or its prestige. In some churches, the captain of the boat is the elders or maybe it's the preacher. Or maybe the captain of the boat, the one that drives everything, is the number who are in attendance. Or maybe it's the size of the contribution or Maybe it's being in step with the very latest trends. And if any of those things are the captain of our boats, our kids are not being prepared to be water walkers. By our words and our actions, we must be answering the question, who is the captain of this boat? We must be answering that question with a very emphatic, Jesus is the captain of this boat. Paul put it beautifully in Colossians, Colossians 1, beginning with verse 15, when he said, Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile himself to all things on earth and things in heaven by making peace through his blood. His blood shed on the cross. See, future water walkers know that Jesus is the captain of the boat. They need to know that. But there's something else that they need to know. They also need to know before they're going to step out on the water, who's the captain of that water? Is Jesus just the captain of the church or is Jesus also the captain of the water that's out there? Who's in charge out there? What are his qualifications? And if by our words or our actions, we teach our children that Jesus is only captain of our homes and he's only captain of the church, how could we ever expect them to trust that Jesus is going to meet them out on the water? You see, if we don't have faith that all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus... If we don't have faith that Jesus was before all things and in him all things hold together. If we don't have faith that Jesus is preeminent and supreme over our homes and over our churches and over the water. How can we ever expect our children to confidently step out of the boat and walk with Jesus on that water? See, if we don't teach our children that Jesus' Jesus's supremacy and his sacrificial death on the cross absolutely qualifies him to be the captain of our homes, 
to be the captain of our churches and also to be the captain of the water, how can we expect them to trust him to be the captain of their lives? So we prepare our kids to be water walkers by teaching them that Jesus is the captain of all boats and Jesus is the captain of all water. But our responsibilities to our children don't end there. You see, our children are also asking this. They're asking, who's gone out on that water before me? They're also asking, who's going to go out on that water with me? You know, it's not only difficult, it's completely hypocritical to expect our kids to step out in faith and walk on the water when we haven't been willing to do the same thing. And if we're not willing to walk beside them and walk with them when they step out. You know, when I was thinking about young water walkers, I couldn't help but think of Timothy. Timothy was given great responsibility in God's kingdom, and he was given that responsibility at a very young age. And as Paul wrote to encourage and instruct Timothy, it becomes obvious in Paul's letters that one reason why Timothy is a water walker in his adulthood is because in his childhood he had people in his life who went out on the water before him and who went out on the water with him. Listen to Paul's words to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, I thank God whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. And recalling your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I've been reminded of your sincere faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Who went out on the water before Timothy? Who went out on the water with Timothy? Well, his mother did and his grandmother did. They were water walkers. So they prepared Timothy to leave the boat and walk on water. And not only were they water walkers, Paul was a water walker. So Paul was able to say without any hypocrisy at all, he was able to encourage Timothy to join Jesus out on the water. He was able to do that because Paul spent his life out of the boat. Paul said this to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10. He said, you, however, you know all about my teaching." All about my way of life, all about my purpose, all about my faith and patience and love and endurance and persecutions and sufferings. You know what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. So Paul had gone before Timothy, and Paul walked with Timothy. And Timothy saw what Paul did, and Timothy experienced what Paul did for him, and Timothy knew. He knew that because Paul had walked on the water, and because God had rescued him, it was safe for him to go out on the water. So he became a water walker. So if we want our children to become water walkers, 
We must be able to answer their questions. The questions they ask, who's gone before me and who will go before me? We must be able to answer those questions with a very emphatic me. With a very emphatic we. We must be able to say, I have walked before you on that water and I will walk with you. We must be able to say, we have walked on the water before you and we will walk with you. See, our kids need to see other water walkers. And as they see us leave the boat and join Jesus out on the water, they're going to be learning the answers to many questions. Among those questions are these questions. They'll be asking us, what happens to water walking failures? Are they left to drown? Or are they rescued and welcomed back to the boat and and allowed and encouraged to try again? You know, Peter failed and failed and failed and failed. And he was rescued and rescued and rescued and rescued and encouraged and sent out of the boat again. Paul failed spectacularly and Paul was rescued and encouraged to step out of the boat and try again. David failed and was rescued and was encouraged to try again. And we could go on and on and on. You see, our God is the Lord of second chances. Our God is the Lord of rescue. But in our children's mind, in many ways, their questions aren't going to be about our Lord. Their questions are going to be about the Lord's people. So how do our children see God's people treat those who try to walk on the water but fail? Do they see God's people rescue them? Do they see God's people welcome them back to the boat? Do they see God's people build them up and encourage them, even those who failed miserably and spectacularly? Do they see God's people take them by the hand? after they've been healed and restored and step out on the boat with them. See, if our children see that, if our children see that we, God's people, allow those who step out of the boat and fail to drown, then they're going to learn it's not safe to go out on the water. But if they see us rescue the sinking, then they're going to know it's safe to step out on the water. But, you know, if they see us rescue the sinking, but then they see that we never forget that they failed and we never allow them to forget that they failed. Why would we expect our children to step out of the boat and risk that failure? See, this boat, our boat, must be a place of rescue. It must be a place of healing. It must be a place of strength. And it must be a place of second and third and fourth chances. That's the only kind of boat that encourages our kids to step out and follow Jesus instead of simply abandoning ship. Final question that our kids are asking us. They're asking us, what does the captain see in me? What does he see in me that would make him think that I could walk on water? 
And what they're also asking along with that question is, what do you see in me that would make you think that I could actually walk on water? And for our kids to become water walkers, the answer to those two questions must be the very same answer. You see, we must see in our kids what God sees in our kids. We must see in our kids what Paul knew about our kids. He shared this with us in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 35. And Paul said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And then he says, No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What do you see in me that makes you think that I could actually walk on water? Well, like God, we must see that our children are dearly loved. They're dearly loved by God and dearly loved by Jesus Christ and dearly loved by God's people. When we look at our children with the eyes of God, we see children who are more than conquerors. And they are more than conquerors because they are loved by God. And if we see our children with the eyes of God, we see children that can't be separated from the love of Christ. Not by death or life, not by angels or demons, not by the present or future, not by any power, any height, nor anything else in all of creation. And we see children that certainly can't be separated from the love of their captain by the water where Jesus who loves them is already out there walking See, when we see in our children what God sees in our children, we see God's children. Children who can do all things through his strength. When we see our children through God's eyes, we see future water walkers. So my charge for us, those of us in this boat, as we celebrate the blessings of children, is to never let there any be any doubt at all as to who is the captain of this ship. Jesus is the captain of this ship. And let there never be any shortage of water walkers to go before our children and to go with our children. Let's walk out on the water with our kids. And may our boat, may our church always be a place of rescue, always a place of healing, and always a place of next chances. And may we always see our children through the eyes of God. And may we love them with the love of God. So that they'll grow up knowing that they can do all things through his strength. Even walk on water. Let's pray. Oh, Father, you bless us so richly. And, Father, our hearts just soar when we look at these little ones that you have entrusted to our care. 
And Father, help us to look at them with your eyes. Father, help us to see in them what you see in them. Father, help us provide the example that they need to see in God's people. People who rely and trust on you. Who know that they can walk out of the boat and join Jesus as he works in the world around us. Knowing that he will rescue us. Father, he will heal us. And Father, he will give us chances even when we fail. And Father, help our children to be who we desire to be. And people who get out of the boat and walk with Jesus on the water. It's the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, as we close today, I want to give you uncomfortable challenge number 10. Last week's challenge was pretty uncomfortable for me. I don't know if it was uncomfortable for you or not. Last week, we had a praying challenge. And our challenge was to every day pray specifically for one of your enemies. Well, this challenge isn't going to be nearly that uncomfortable. But it is also a praying challenge. The challenge for this week is I challenge you to pray for these children that we have celebrated today and pray for their families. So each day this week, pray for God's blessings on one of our children, one of our 2017 babies, and their families. So for example, today pray for Wyatt and the Stover family. And Monday, pray for Tegan and the Baca family, and so on throughout the week. So make sure that you take your bulletin with you so you'll have the names of the children and the names of their family. Set aside time every day this week specifically to pray for these babies and to pray for their families. Make sure you pray for all seven. Don't leave anybody out. That's your challenge for this week. And I want us to end by standing. And I want us to end by singing a song that reminds us that our children's future as water walkers begins with our devotion to God. May we be people who always seek God first. Let's stand. Let's sing. Sing.